And I want to welcome everybody back to yet again another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner. And I hope everybody has been enjoying themselves, getting prepared for the holidays, getting prepared for the end of the year, the new year. I know everybody is anxiously ready to get out of 2020s, new year, new beginnings and everything like that. So nonetheless, on the podcast and we're still trucking along, we're still moving. I'm sitting down with Imani today, somebody who I met through another uh, mutual friend, actually Melanie, episode 27, stepping in the right direction. So I really want to give a big shout out to Melanie just because she was somebody who, and even in uh, previous episodes, other people have sent me businesses, but Melanie spammed me with businesses. And I don't even say spam me in a bad way. I mean that she really just sent probably 10 plus people my way. And uh, the woman who I'm sitting down with today, Imani, was one of them. So I'm really excited just to get into things really just to let you guys kind of hear what she does and, and how she can even potentially help you. So Imani, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh man, I'm always I'm always just excited, always loving to network, loving to connect. So without further ado, let's really just get right into it. So can you just tell the people a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay. So my name is Imani Stewart Jackson and I help small businesses, particularly black businesses, make more money and have more time with really helping them implement authentic strategies and systems. I have had a lot of trial and error up front, but what I've realized through about six years of entrepreneurship is that Black people are great entrepreneurs and we usually become entrepreneurs out of necessity of either time or money. And we get to a point where we're working a lot or we're maybe not charging enough and it's time to stop it. (laughs) So that's really what I help Black entrepreneurs do is run their businesses more efficiently so they can really receive the fruits of their labor of entrepreneurship because they can get caught up in why they even started it in the first place. So I help small businesses with marketing prior to. I'm a proud HBCU graduate of Hampton University. So I minored in marketing there and uh, majored in public relations. So I really like to connect them with the public, planning um, impactful events. Started helping clients with marketing. So yes, my entrepreneurial journey has been very colorful. But once I was helping people with marketing, social social media campaigns and email marketing campaigns, I realized that, you know, if one of these things went viral, they really couldn't withstand the extra workload, productivity level, product distribution. So it was just like, what good is it if I'm making all these pretty graphics for social media, writing all these great emails, if they go viral, they might actually end up taking steps backwards rather than forward. So I realized that what they really needed was an actual strategy to elevate, get them to the next level, an extra strategy is, uh, as well, and just systems to work smarter and not necessarily harder to delegate and to organize themselves out of all aspects of their business. So that's really how I've been helping people this year. 2020 has been just <laughs> a crazy year. Good and unfortunate things have happened, but one of the good things that happened in my life was I've self-published a journal, a 60-day devotional journal for women to really address their fears, what's holding them back, and really learn to operate in faith anyway, and really just take some self-inventory. So on a 60-day journey, there's 60 different affirmations, different journal prompts to have you thinking about some things in the past, the present, and the future. And then we end off every day with um, a gratitude statement because you really have to stay rooted in gratitude to get anything that life has for you and God has for you. So 
that's really how I've been helping the people out here, helping people adjust to doing stuff online. So it's just been a journey that I'm blessed to be on and be able to grow with my clients as well as I grow my business, help them grow theirs. So, oh, and I'm a recent graduate of Temple. Um, I got my master's in innovation management and entrepreneurship. So that was a cool two-year journey um, as well. Wow. You just, you even beat me to the punch on some things that I was going to ask you about and that we were going to talk about. But no, definitely as blessed as you are to be able to, like you said, help and and grow. I'm blessed to be able to hear about it and even continue that growth and and even be a part of it. Big congratulations to you um, on graduating, not only from an HBCU in Hampton. I know a lot of great people who went there, but then furthering your education and then going on to go to Temple, which I mean is very, is very close to my home being from Philadelphia. So big congratulations on that. And especially as someone with a master's myself, I do understand the importance of education and really using that to you know, impact the world. So something that I want to kind of, I want to go back a little bit, because like I said, you touched on so much and I really kind of want to just get into everything little by little, piece by piece. So the first thing that I kind of wanted to, wanted to talk about was, okay, so the fact that you help entrepreneurs is just, it's just amazing because like you even said, the, it made me think about basically that you said if these businesses or if these people were to go were to go to sleep one day and then wake up the next day and become viral they may not be able to you know withstand that workload withstand everything that kind of comes with it and that's just something that's interesting to me because going viral really does happen that quick sometimes it happens in a matter of minutes seconds hours a day or two and it's just like yeah for as much as we want the support and we even challenge our friends to support us and we challenge people out there and we'll do everything sometimes in our power to be uncomfortable and get that support sometimes it begs you to wonder well look, if I really do go viral, if I really do get the support and my followers just increase just drastically and everything, will I be able to accommodate that? Will I be able to ship out? You know, will I be able to still run my social media the same, interact with people and everything? So you getting into the business of actually wanting to help entrepreneurs and actually wanting to be able to give them these resources to utilize, did this stem from, well, what did it stem from? Were you a previous business owner? Do you know a lot of just entrepreneurs and everything? And you kind of just wanted to be a part of it. How did that start for you? Okay, so my first dibble dabble with entrepreneurship was about six years ago. Long story short, I um, had this corporate payroll job. My sister-in-law got it for me. It was alright, cool. Was making a little bit of money, but it was not aligned with anything that I wanted to do in life, and. I, of course, you know, you're always looking for what's next. I was a, had been out of undergrad for a year. So I reconnected with someone I went to elementary school with, and she had recently quit her Wall Street job and had moved back to Philly and was doing like financial coaching, life insurance, debt pay down. So I was like, oh, great. This, anything has got to be better than what I'm currently doing. Um, so I got my life insurance license. I was, as I was studying for my life insurance license, another opportunity presented itself to work on a political campaign. And at that time I'm like, okay, this is like really my way out of this corporate world that I realized that I don't really want to be a part of. So I quit my corporate job to work on this political campaign, worked on a political campaign for about four months. The guy that I was uh, working for, he did not win. So then it was like, okay, now what? I didn't up and quit my job. What am I going to do? It was like, bet I'm going to do this financial coaching thing. I'm going to sell life insurance. And what's ironic is today would have been my grandmother's 81st birthday. And she was really the catalyst that made me not want to go back to corporate. She was diagnosed with 
uh, lung cancer right after I started working on a campaign, I believe. So once it was over, it was like, I just had this gut feeling that, you know, she didn't have too much time here. And it was like, do I really want to get a job and sacrifice who knows how much time I have with her and, you know, help my mom and aunt care for her and all of that, make sure she's okay. Or do I want to go, go get a job? So I decided that my grandmother was more important and the decision that I don't regret at all. And what that did was it forced me to take being a financial coach seriously and entrepreneurship and selling life insurance. So through that, I met a lot of small business clients, right? And they were, of course, all black, relatively successful, you know, had nice families, cars, houses were pretty comfortable. But what I realized at the root of their money issues was that no one really knew about their business, like as much as it should have. Like sometimes, you know, they just needed an extra $5,000 a month. And it's just like, well, that's two clients for you. That's not saying that's simple, but you know, if you have more exposure, then you can increase your, your cash flow. So at that moment, it's when I was like, okay, God, this is, <laughs> this is when I'm supposed to make a pivot and start relying on this public relations and marketing degree I had from Hampton, because this is clearly what people need. Like I, I realized that me doing financial coaching and getting into life insurance was for me to learn about financial literacy that we weren't taught, that my parents didn't teach us, that I didn't learn at Hampton and still didn't learn at Temple. But it was time for me to like, okay, what was the next thing? It's always with me, like always looking forward. So it was at that time that I realized, okay, I need to start helping clients, my financial coaching clients with marketing because that's what they really need. And that's what will alleviate some of their money problems. So I started doing that in 2017. And at that point, so from 2017 up until about 2019, I was doing social media and email marketing for clients. Still some financial coaching here and there, but I was really trying to get myself out of that. So I was helping clients with marketing. And then in 2018 is when I applied for grad school. So it was just like, okay, at that point, marketing, I started to feel like once again, they're, okay, what is the bigger problem here? Clients are, okay, they look great online, but for me, I wasn't, like making as big of an impact as I wanted to. And I wasn't getting my clients the result that they really needed. Like it was, I realized that I was solving the surface problem. So I discovered actually the program at Temple through their small business development corporation. I'm just looking for resources for me and my clients. Found the program, applied, had a very smooth matriculation um, and as I'm studying and going through my coursework, like my pro, I was in the innovation management and entrepreneurship program. So essentially that was their fancy way of saying, Hey, this is what these big companies and corporations do to implement change, introduce new products, gauge their customers temperature, just do everything, um, build the team, build the staff actually make an impact, actually gauge if they're, if what they think they're doing is actually happening. So I started having all these aha moments and God was just giving me some downloads. And I realized like, oh, 
mixed with my aha moment of if they go viral, they wouldn't be able to withstand it. Their businesses wouldn't. It's not the, they don't have the structure or the strategy to withstand it. So like 2019, I just started really running with, okay, this is what This is what I think Black entrepreneurs specifically need. And this was the reason why I was brought back to graduate, well, to school period and this particular program. So that's how, in a very long way, I discovered this essentially has been my thing, always trying to figure out my audience's true needs and wants and how to make them better. So, yeah, so that's how I realized that that's what they needed, the aha moment and the actual coursework was like, oh, this is really real. <laughs> Not real indeed. And it's really just crazy just to think that, yeah, whereas some t- things come in all different forms of a journey and the fact that you really just hadn't had to go through that, even years of it and, and really just coming to it. And like you said, just having that aha moment, which is sometimes it comes quick, sometimes it comes long, sometimes it really just takes time. But especially when it involves what you want to do with helping people and really just, you know, propelling them to that next level to be able to even handle being propelled to that next level is important. It's not something that I feel like you can kind of just jump in. It's something that it takes research. It takes kind of studying. It takes being taught. It takes trial and error. It takes, like you said, kind of having to having to learn things because you you definitely learned throughout that journey. You definitely struggled. You definitely had to make adjustments. And I think that that's all part of the process for sure. And even with entrepreneurs, it's a never ending process at that. So would you say oh, that- Go ahead. Oh no, what were you about to say? Real quick before I forgot. Um, and I just started talking about this because I'm, I'm past it and I'm done school. And I do want to add another reason why I made that shift was because I actually took a marketing class as an elective. So I didn't really say that it was one point in time where I was like burnt out with the marketing. So it was just like, if y'all went viral, y'all would lose your minds. And once again, I was having like, this isn't really making an impact. And I was just like, like this whole marketing thing, I'm just not, it's just not it. So I actually got a D minus in my marketing elective. And I was like, okay, like I have two Ds on my undergraduate transcript and they're in math. Like me and math have never been friends. I know money. I do not know math. Like, so I was cool with that, but that D in marketing, I'm like, yo, people are literally paying me to run their social media and email marketing. And I'm procrastinating with doing it because I, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm trying to figure out what I'm not feeling about it. And then I just paid Temple $3,300 to get a D minus. Like, what is up? So that was like, okay, you need to figure out quick and start asking some real questions about why you're here. So yeah, I just wanted to, to throw that in there. Nah, that's full transparency. We need that. <laughs> just to let you know it's not always is not always there. And especially when money's involved too, with classes and courses, I never, when it came to grad school and I saw how much, because I went to Syracuse University, so that's a private university. So man, when I saw those prices hit my screen and and how much I had to pay and what I was going to owe and the loans and stuff, man, I I buckled down like never before. I was just like, no, I can't be out here slack. And I can't, I can't, I can't, because now that I'm looking at how much I owe and everything, I said, man, yeah, I needed not to finish cool. that. I needed to, you know, it's, this is not cool at all, but I'm glad that I know, you know, I got it done. Something that I always tell people and try to spread is just that, yeah, whereas money can definitely be a make or break for some things, never let money stop you from an opportunity. And, and so that's what I really, granted, I do owe 
quite a bit of money between just Syracuse and then just being out of state when I went to uh, East Carolina University. But for me, it was all well worth it just because I took advantage of everything and I truly did what I had to do. And I'm kind of glad that you even added that because my next question was actually more so going to veer towards education and schooling. So with you going to Hampton for undergrad and then with you then continuing your education at Temple University, how effective would you say what you learned and what you studied and the teachings that they gave you from both institutions has really allowed you to implement your business? Because I'm, and I only ask that question from the respect of, okay, a lot of times people kind of go to school, you study one thing, especially if you just went to undergrad. And a lot of people feel like they would have maybe been better off without that, or maybe going to trade school or maybe kind of just learning on their own, really just going into the workforce and kind of approaching that way. But do you feel like what you studied, what you learned really helped you kind of become where you are today, become kind of even with the journal, even with helping other entrepreneurs and even lessons that you learned along the way, do you feel like without kind of Hampton and Temple in that mix, you may not have taken this path, this course? I probably would not have. And I do realize that I am one of the more fortunate people. I say that because I actually, I knew my major. So when I decide, when I discovered public relations, which was a crazy story, when I discovered public relations, when I realized that the top school I wanted to go to had it, when I got there, got accepted, got in the program, stayed in the program, graduated, and like everything was kind of in line, I realized very early that not a lot of people were like that. Like I never had to change my major. I never went in undecided. And I absolutely use numerous elements of my undergraduate degree today. If you go to my website right now and you go to the Pivot to Profit page, which is my signature program, that video that I recorded, one of my good friends is a videographer. And he was like, yo, who did your video? And I was like, that's this iPhone 11 and a ring light. And because I had broadcast journalism classes and had an internship at NBC, I know how to get a frame together. I know how to cut myself, uh, count down myself and I know how to trim a video, know how to put my logo in the corner. Like I can do these, these things that I would not have learned had I not been at Hampton and in that environment. And specifically for Hampton, it's about the environment um, and HBCUs in general, but particularly mine, <laughs> there are a lot of entrepreneurs, creatives, a lot of people doing their own thing. And you just always had that example. So without a doubt, I would not have taken the path or kind of been where I am and moved the way I moved if it had not been for Hampton. Simple. <laughs> um I just love my HBCU experience. I didn't go to Temple to grow up essentially. Like of course I learned and I grew, but yeah, I I don't it's it's interesting. So I went to a, a public to a public school from kindergarten to eighth grade, and then I went to Bishop McDevitt or high school, which is a Catholic, predominantly white Catholic school when I was there. And then I went to Hampton and then I went to Temple. So honestly, my best education and my formative years have come from Jinx, my my public school and my my black college experience. I believe my experiences in high school and temple, very good institutions, but more so just on the instructional, the instructional side. But 
Got you. And you started throwing some uh you started throwing some memories back for me, said Jinx, when I used to ride the school bus and stuff. Uh some of the kids who I was on the bus with, they used to get dropped off at Jinx. And then you said Bishop McDevitt, my high school, LaSalle, we actually used to scrimmage y'all in basketball and football sometimes. So I'm very familiar with them. And then I even heard I heard your whole voice, like your tone switch when you went from Temple. I mean when you yeah, it's a lot. So I feel you not as somebody who went to an HBCU, but I definitely do. Everybody who I know, especially with going to school in North Carolina and them just being known for education and their notable HBCUs. Mm-hmm. People don't play about their HBCUs, for mm-hmm. sure, from just the debates to just the pride, and I love it, but I love the fact that people just take pride in their institutions, both HBCU and PWI, but it is definitely interesting to hear kind of how that influenced your course and kind of influenced what you do and kind of where you are now. So something that you, you mentioned in the beginning, but I, and now I kind of want to talk about, because I was actually kind of reading on it when I was going through your website and just your podcast and your blog, is this, this faith and fear journal that you have. So I know that you said earlier that this is basically kind of like your six 60-day affirmation journal. Can you kind of just, well, one, can you just give us another um, for people who may have missed it in the beginning or not remember everything you said, just give us a little um, information about the journal, maybe where they can find it and even look to get it if, if they want to take that route. But also, can you explain to us what kind of, what wanted you to start that? Because something that I've kind of been thinking just in seeing people tweet about it and talk about it is I kind of want to write like some type of, I don't know if it would be like a memoir, or like a book or like a journal or something like that. I, I think I got to do a little bit more research, but that's something that I'm really interested in kind of doing myself, maybe in later on down the line of years, but what really inspired that you to kind of make that journal? And yeah, can you also just give us some more information about it? Okay. So um, it's entitled the Faith and Fear Journal. Um, it's available on my website, www.imaniinspires.com. That's where you can find anything about me. I have free resources for entrepreneurs um, and a whole bunch of other stuff that I'll talk about at the end, but that's where the journal is available. And it's, like I said, a 60-day guided journal because granted there are the 60 different affirmations for every day, but every day there's also a different journal writing prompt um, that's, like I said, like one of them is um, if you were going to write a, ten year, a letter to your 10-year-old self, what would it say? What are some of your best memories, some of your worst memories? And it's not a whole bunch of dark things, but it is things to get your mind really thinking and kind of to seal the deal. We ended off with gratitude because with trying to elevate and be better and heal yourself, like you can sometimes pull out a lot of junk out of the closet. And I feel like praying and expressing gratitude kind of seals you and protects you from just all the negative energy and bad vibes out there. So really, I've always been a writer, like my degree, though my my major was public relations, like my de- I was in the journalism school. So I've always been a writer. I've loved to write and being an author um, has always been a dream of mine. But I was telling a friend this the other day. I think this this year was the first year I had made a vision board or outlined my goals and didn't write on there that I wanted to be an author. And I say that to say because sometimes we we really like we have a lot and a hold on the things that we want to manifest and that we want in our life and that we pray about. And sometimes you just got to put it out there and just let it work itself out and do the work. And it's crazy. The first year I didn't put that on there, probably in the last six, it happened. And it happened because for about the past four years, on my my birthdays, February the twelfth, I've done a birthday drop. So when I was when I turned twenty six, I started my first blog, twenty five in Philadelphia. When I turned 
20 for my 27th birthday that's when I had officially formed my LLC to do marketing so I was kind of promoting talking about that getting the buzz up around that 2018 is when I uh, started my podcast the Philadelphia Millennial Podcast 2019 I did black history fat and designed t-shirts and drop ship t-shirts drop ship like selling t-shirts for my 29th and then I was like dang I'm about to turn 30 and I don't have like nothing like nothing how you gonna do all of this but then like your big birthday you really can't think of anything to do so I, I really had that thought and just just let it go and one of my girlfriends who is an entrepreneur as well was saying that she attended this conference and this woman suggested that every entrepreneur have a journal that they sell in their product or service lineup that can be sold passively on Amazon. And I was like, yo, that's a good idea. So my girlfriend, like she had threw one together. I think got somebody to make it, but I'm like, nah, I'm a really like do this. So I started taking pre-sales for my 30th birthday without the journal even being completed. (laughs) And then I self-published it, which I will never do again. It's doable. But I'm just into working smarter and really not harder these days. And it was just a lot. But, you know, some I can say that I did, but I'll never do it again, nor do I suggest it. Um, (laughs) But it was finished in May and I actually got the physical copies the first week of June, which was crazy because that's when we had all of these rioting and looting and craziness in in Philly. So. It was just crazy that through all of that, it came out four months later at a really pivotal um, time. So that's how I got the inspiration. And I don't think it was by mistake that when it was done, that it was released the week that it was. So that's how the journal came about. Timing is divine and timing is everything for sure. So I definitely do love to hear it. And I do encourage all my ladies out there listening to really just, you know, something that I'm actually getting into. I was speaking with a friend of mine is actually just going back to journaling myself as somebody who majored in uh, communications and journalism and then went on to grad school and do broadcast and digital journalism. It's something that I've always just had a passion for. I used to just love to write, whether it just be poems, whether it just be about my day, whether it just be, I would make up, even when I was in middle school, I would just sometimes just write stories, like just fictional stories, like just big characters, different things like that. It was always something that helps. And I've noticed that for me, writing really is just like, it's a release for me. Like listening to music, it's just like, wow, you just get to get your feelings out. You just get to talk about whatever, sometimes even be creative. So I definitely do encourage all my ladies to really just try that. I'm always somebody who says you can't knock it till you try it anyway. So you never know what that faith and fear journal could really do for you, could really bring about for you. It could even maybe change your life or help you change somebody else's. So I definitely do even commend you for that, for even starting something like that, for even having to, you know, and like you said, it was no coincidence that it was released the week that it was. So I'm glad that everything has been going well for you in that regard. Now, just kind of switching over to the entrepreneurial side a little bit and really just kind of what you do to directly help the entrepreneurs. And what would you say is something that you truly take pride in when it comes to being the the business strategist, as you as you call yourself in your IG bio and everything? But what is something that you really would say that it means a lot to you, it's important, it's crucial when really, you know, trying to equip these entrepreneurs and these business owners with these resources to really be able to help themselves on that next level? Creating a safe space for entrepreneurs, for Black entrepreneurs specifically, being that we have been excluded so much from tables and opportunities where our counterparts are. The other side of that is that most of 
entrepreneurs um, don't necessarily come from a family of entrepreneurs or their friends aren't entrepreneurs. So they feel isolated. They feel alone. They don't know how to necessarily express to their family and friends like, yeah, I know I worked 40 hours this week, but I ain't make no money. Um, They don't know. They can't then also go to those same people and ask for business advice or what they should do because those people aren't equipped with, you know, the knowledge and experience to help support them. And then, like I said previously, we are really excluded for one, one reason or the other from, you know, certain resources and tools. So I really pride myself on one, being able to create a safe space for entrepreneurs to be real with me and them, because we can say a lot of things in our head, but once we verbalize it, it becomes real. And sometimes that's the only way that we can work through it. So creating a safe space for them to tell me and to be real with themselves about what's going on and where they really need help. And the second one, well, no, you said one. So yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing because once I build that trust, you know, you can't really fix a problem if you're not actually naming what the problem is and acting like the problem is something that it's not. So that's the only way that we can um, just be better entrepreneurs and better people if we just have safe space to, to say, hey, this is what's going on. Oh well, no, nah, hold on. Let's let's. If you got two things, I'm a I'm a deuce. So I'm a, I definitely am a fan of the number two. So yeah, if you want to drop the second one, please by all means. I'm never going to limit somebody from dropping gems and knowledge. Okay, so and I was trying to get out of that because I was like I thought of the second point, but then I forgot it real quick. <laughs> but so creating a safe space. Oh, and well, with the creating a safe space, it's the mindset is the second thing. And that's really the angle of the the journal. Like I'm just big about your mindset towards things. So once we, you know, I create a safe space for you to be like, okay, Imani, this is what's really going on. This is where I really need help with. This is where I'm feeling frustrated. And we kind of uncover, you know, some mental blocks that you're having because, you know, Black people are real community, family, friend circle oriented people. So we've had to stick together. So sometimes when we are going against the grain of our family and friends, it can seep into your mind and you think that now other people's thoughts are your own thoughts. So kind of get into the root of how you feel about mind, your mindset towards your business, things that you might tell yourself that might you might be self-sabotaging. Once we get those, I get you in a safe space and we work and talk about your mindset, the strategy and the systems and kind of get into the nitty gritty about what your customers need is relatively easy. That's when like the tools come in because I've, we've, we've kind of diminished some walls. So all that stuff is now easy and like ready to just kind of flow through your life. Man, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm a big well the first thing you talked about just in the creating the safe space and then even when you touched on those manifestations and just really speaking things. I'm definitely a positive affirmation type of guy. Now like I just love the idea of that and just love the idea of just and something I became conscious of, just my thoughts, just in thinking, even my prayers, just what I say to myself when I'm talking to myself on my way to work or just whatever, just in thinking, just you, you gotta keep it positive. And because your mind, it can really just it can do damage to your body and people I don't think people realize that that when you're not thinking 
thinking positive, when you're kind of just not maybe in the best place possible, your body can start to deteriorate or really just not be able to function fully from that. You can start to lose sleep. You can start to, you know, just be fatigued and everything like that. And that can really begin to take a toll on you. So I think that that's definitely important, especially when it comes to being a business owner with all the stresses, with all the just waking up in some days, just not being that day. Yeah. And you still just, you know, got to continue to push, got to continue to tr- trudge because you're you're serving other people in a sense, especially for something that you do. You're you're constantly having to serve people. You're constantly having to, you know, and help them serve others. So in a sense, you're even secondarily helping more people on top of that. So I definitely think that those are two great points and two great things to communicate to business owners and entrepreneurs. So now for just in taking kind of an outside looking in approach for somebody who is kind of looking to, you know, take their business to the next level or for somebody who, you know, is kind of trying to adapt or maybe throw something in there, alter it a little bit just to, you know, maybe get some new supporters, maybe get some new listeners, maybe get some new customers or whatever. What is something that you would say about what you do in order for them to like utilize your services? Like not in a sense, like how do you sell yourself, but for a business owner out there who may not necessarily know the the right way or the right approach to do different things, how can you then show them, hey, look, this is what I've learned. This is what I'm able to do. And this is where I've been able to take businesses how do you directly kind of approach them with that oh so like you said my little pitch (laughs) 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 so just to kind of reiterate some of the things that I've I've said that one so granted I I help black entrepreneurs but most of my clients are women with service-based businesses and I found that black women have a heart of serving the the world their family their friends and that's okay but I have a fundamental belief that we should be adequately paid um, and not be burnt out doing it and being superwoman to everyone but ourselves so I really help you get to the core of what you really want your life and your business to look like identifying what your customer needs, their journey, because a lot of the times people don't even uh, read the temperature of their client and their customer and they make moves that directly affect them. And then we're going to actually put together a strategy to figure out how to get it. And my favorite part is identifying the systems so you can delegate yourself out of it and work smarter and not harder and not be burnt out because there's no point in making money if you're going to be burnt the hell out spending it. And that's what I fundamentally believe. And that's essentially, honestly, if you go on the website, I have a 10 minute video up and that's really what I say, (laughs) but it's it's the truth. It's time to, I think 2020 has shown us all that life is unpredictable and that we can only rely on ourselves regardless of who is in office. Uh, we, We can only rely on ourselves and our community to have our needs and our wants met. So it's like, stop wasting time and be about your business and figure out what's next for you and how to then pass that on to the next generation. Because it's not fair that every time a black person is born, we have to start over again. That's really why I do what I do. Amen to that. Passing it down to generations, spreading the wealth. Wealth is wealth is health for sure. So I definitely do. I like that. I love to hear that. And just a reason why I kind of like that question and want to kind of to propose that to you is just because like I feel like sometimes people may listen to these interviews or may even read about these companies or um, look at these different businesses and, and whether they be mainstream or whether they kind of just be um, even on a smaller scale. But I feel like a lot of times you can maybe go to a homepage or you can scroll through or read a bio or something. And sometimes you may still come away not knowing like what exactly 
exactly it is or what mm-hmm. what do they do or how could you personally help me or what approach do you take with me? So I think that it's always important just to be able to hear it from that source. And so I feel like on a smaller scale, you can always just directly hear it just by kind of talking to them, being personal with them, like you said, creating that safe space for them to just not feel like just a, a regular customer, but for them to really feel like a true, almost a part of the family, almost a part of the business, like you truly right. kind of help me. So, and a lot of times you really can't do that with these, these bigger businesses. You're always talking to maybe like customer support or, or maybe just like an automated like system when you really right. just sometimes need to hear it from somebody who really kind of has that impact, somebody who you're really kind of be dealing with. So I, I like that you were kind of able to do that. And I think it may even intrigue people too, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, people who I've brought on, people who I know I'll go to bring on and people who I just, I, I watch every day to see their stories and see the things that they're doing. So I definitely think that you can play a pivotal role in helping them. So yeah. before we wrap things up and I just loved everything about this and like what you're doing, I'm definitely interested in, in kind of seeing how you move forward and hoping that you can, I can even connect some people with you. But do you feel like there's anything that we didn't touch on in this interview, whether it be about you, about the journal, about what you do, about what you've done, even about maybe plans that you have for the future that you feel like we should touch on? Yeah, really quickly. So though I talked about how I um, help people, my signature program is titled Pivot to Profit because that's essentially what I've been doing this whole time I've been in entrepreneurship. But that is what God sent to me when I got that D um, in marketing. Like it's it's time to pivot um, and it's time to help other people do the same thing. So if you feel like you need a change right now, if you are not okay with the way things are running in your business and your life, definitely holler at me. Definitely go on my website. I have a free resource called the Pivot to Profit Formula. So it's a workbook. I think it's about 10 to 12 pages that takes you through basically some of the things that I talked about today. Your mindset, looking at what your customer does, your overall strategy and um, systems that you have in your business or don't have in your business and how to actually identify those things. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you're talking about systems, but how do I actually identify a system and create one to help my personal life and my business run smoother? So that's on the website for free. I also teach the Pivot to Profit Masterclass. I'm teaching once a day, obviously, by the time y'all hear this, but I will be teaching one in January and I'm doing a group accelerator of my program with 10 um, entrepreneurs in January as well, if you're interested in that. But all of that information is on the website. And I do have a course, an online course. This is from like my beginning entrepreneurs because I collected a lot of information through all of my trial and error and realized that I want to help people not bleed the same places I bled in entrepreneurship. So the Pivot to Profit Launchpad course is available online as well. But that's it. I like it. I like it a lot. And I'll definitely make sure that I include um, all of your information in the bio when the website is dropped and just really just continue to keep doing what you're doing. It's something that I even thought about. Like I said, I know that was before I wrap things up, but can you just tell us too a little bit about some of the, I know you said you work with predominantly women, but can you just tell us about some of the business owners and entrepreneurs and maybe even some of their respective crafts that you have worked with and are currently working with? Absolutely. So I have worries. I have an array because black women are real hustlers. So I have an array of clients, but I have my clients in the past year, the most notable ones, a mobile bartender in New Orleans, a bridal attendant slash a day of wedding coordinator. I'm working with someone running for a political office in um, 2022. I worked with someone that ran for state representative this year 
and he will be running again in 2022. Though I'm a Christian, I am about to sign a contract with the local masjid to do some things for them. A funeral home, a daycare, a children's book author, because they're going to listen to this and they're like, why ain't you <laughs> shout me out? Someone that's doing marketing actually for entertainers. They just signed on. I think that's it off the top of my head. I know I miss some some people. Oh, a family. This was one of the interesting ones. A family that's actually starting a family real estate investment group. Yeah. Okay. And I definitely knew, yeah, when I asked that, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to put her on the spot and she's probably going to have to, you know, start digging a little bit. Cause yeah. I know somebody asked me how many people, businesses I brought on, I'm definitely going to leave some out. So for everybody out there listening, uh, if you know, Imani has definitely worked with you, look, charge it to her head, not her heart. <laughs> um, everybody definitely has made a difference and means a lot. And Imani from the bottom, I definitely just, like I said, want to thank you for just how, how quickly you got back to me, how quick, how excited you were to kind of become a part of this. And just even just in looking through everything that you do, from your website to the podcast to the blog to the journal i love it all and i'm wishing you nothing but continued success and looking forward to kind of following your journey now that we're connected on social media and moving forward and to everybody out there continue wing to support the podcast i love it i love you i definitely do appreciate it continue to stay safe as we navigate through this what has been a year i'm gonna just really just leave it at that continue to enjoy the holidays continue to enjoy your families this has been another episode of the down to business podcast with tamar turner